like to take one more opportunity to welcome you to the Remix Community Church. It's our second Sabbath of many Sabbaths before Jesus comes. And we're honored that you've considered coming and worshiping with us. What is vision in your minds? Uh, I looked up the definition. It's always good to have a dictionary close by. It is the faculty or state of being able to see. And it's more than just what you're able to see physically around you. At a metaphysical level, vision is your ability to see beyond your own current reality. Because you can talk about what is your vision for the future in 10 years What's the vision of your life? What are you going to see for your own existence, for your own future? Today, we're starting a series on resolutions. Now, many of you, it's the beginning of the year, I'm sure. Many of us have made resolutions. We want to perhaps lose weight. Well, exercise more, eat healthier, maybe go back to school move up in my career, yeah, learn a new language, play my guitar more, get better at a skill, or maybe it's just spend more time with family or God or both. But that's not what we want to talk about for these next three Sabbaths. We want to talk about the resolutions we are going to make as a church, the remix resolutions. Because we've stated right from the beginning when we started this ministry and when we sat down to plan and to, and to think about what the future was going to be, we knew that we didn't want to be just another standard, average church. We have enough of those. Remix needed to be something different. So we wanted to talk about what we call the Remix Community Church and its resolutions for 2019. And we want to invite you to join us in our resolutions and to come on this adventure with us. Now, some of you are wondering uh, what our resolution is. See, we're, we have three declarations, and David stated them before. But today, we're just going to talk about our first one. And for us, our first remix resolution is that our vision is going to be Jesus Christ. What, is the, what do we mean by that? What we mean by that is that everything that we do, Every decision that we make, everything that we plan for these services and our community service and our connect groups and everything else that we'll add as we grow in our ministry and as we grow as a church is going to be to catapult us towards a future that includes Jesus Christ. And knowing him and serving him and surrendering to him and lifting him up to the community of Clinton and beyond. That is our remix resolution. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, isn't that, the isn't that the vision of every church? I mean, isn't it obvious that every church, their vision should be Jesus Christ? And I think that if you sat down with a group of pastors or a group of community uh, church leaders or just average church members and you sat them down and, and you asked them, is your vision Jesus Christ? I think they would all say, yes, of course. And, and I think they would be sincere in 
admitting that, yes, our vision is Jesus Christ. But I'm here to tell you that not every church's vision is Jesus Christ, even the ones who claim that it is. How do I know that? I know it because actions speak louder than words. And you can say your vision is Jesus Christ, but your actions need to match what you say. And here at the Remix Community Church, we want to be the kind of church that we live out what we say. That we act what we preach. Because if we don't, then we're just adding to the problem that the world sees with Christianity. And we've become like the scribes and Pharisees that Jesus met during his time on earth. And, and I'd like to give you a description of what he said to them. If you have the Remix app or if you have your Bibles, you can go to Matthew chapter 23, verses 1 through 3. And since I mentioned the Remix app, I do want to let you know that there is a section on sermon podcasts. And if you click or press on the one for this sermon, there's a section there, a button, a little icon that says notes. And if you get any thoughts or questions and you want to jot them down for later for your own reflection or study, you can do that on the Remix app. And I've also given you, I think, five questions that if you want to add those to your daily devotions this week, or if you just want to get started because one of your resolutions is to read more of the Bible, I've given you some questions there to get started. But here is what uh, Jesus said about the scribes and Pharisees in Matthew chapter 23, verses 1 through 3. Then Jesus spoke to the multitudes and to his disciples, saying, the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do. But do not do according to their works, for they say and do not do. We can't be a kind of church that speaks one thing and does another. Or even worse, speaks one thing and does nothing. Like I said, there's enough churches out there like that. We cannot be that church. Because if we become that kind of church, then we will ultimately be a church that is made fun of, forgotten, and ignored. So our vision is Jesus Christ. Another way that I know that some churches, even though they say their vision is Jesus their vision is not Jesus, is because of the stories that some of you have told me about the way the church has hurt you. A church that has its vision as Jesus Christ does not damage people. A church that has its vision as Jesus Christ is a church that embraces damaged people and points them to Jesus because that church knows that only in Jesus will those people be made whole again. So here at Remix... Our vision is Jesus Christ. And we want to reflect that in our words and actions. If you're tired of a church that talks and does nothing, grab onto our resolution. Join us. Be part of our family. Because we want to change the world for Jesus and for his kingdom. Because he is our vision. I want to ask at this time, those of you who who are identified as the Remix leadership, those of you who are leaders of the Remix Community Church, if you could stand at this time just for a moment, because I want people to see you. Go ahead, stand up. Some of them are in the back already standing. Go ahead, don't be shy, come on. 
Okay. I want you to see these people because these are the people who are making the vision part of our decision-making process. And I want you to hold them and me and Pastor Brissetti accountable to always keep in mind our vision as we plan. From the music to how we spend money to our connect groups to our worship time, everything points us to Jesus. Thank you. You may sit down. Pray for us. And if you'd like to consider being part of our leadership team, please come talk to one of these people and find out how you can do that and how you can be part of our leadership team. Now, last year, I spoke about our personal visions in a message entitled, Our Infinity War. And if you'd like to hear that sermon, uh, it is on the app in our podcast area. And it's there for you to listen to. And in that sermon, in that message, I spoke about how in our own personal vision, we can lose it because the world is designed to rob you of your vision of Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you that churches are not immune to this reality. That a church that doesn't intentionally practice Jesus as their vision can be caught in the trap of accepting competing visions. And acting according to those visions. And today I want to share with you some of the vision traps that we can be, that we can fall into. The first trap that churches seem to be caught in is the numbers trap. This is an attractive one to follow. And if you're not careful, it will grab you and take over. We can easily find ourselves worried more about how many people come to these services or to our connect groups then about the people themselves, that is the numbers trap. We focus on numbers. And when we do that, all of a sudden we've created a competition. And it's a battle of the churches. You talk about battle of the bands. There's battle of churches. And I've seen this happen before. I've been in groups of pastors before and we sit down and we talk about What's going on in our churches? Hey, how's, how's it going for you? Oh, man, this is going good. How's it going for you? And then there's that one guy or girl. Yes, we do have girl pastors, by the way. Praise Jesus. And there's that one pastor who starts talking about, oh, man, we have to start another service. There's so many people coming. And all the other pastors, all the other pastors are like, wow, praise Jesus. That's awesome. The Lord is really working through you, my sister, my brother. But let me tell you what's happening inside of that pastor. That pastor is jealous. And that pastor wants to know, what is it that you're doing that's giving you so much success? And what am I doing that is a failure? Because they start feeling like a failure. We start comparing churches. And then you... You stew enough, because I've been there. You stew enough that you're not having two or three worship services, and you're not packing out the house, and your, your tithes and your offerings aren't through the roof, and you start stewing it, but then you start making excuses. You start saying, oh, I know. That church is just a gimmick. They're only successful because, you know, because of their music. That's the only reason people are really coming. And it's not going to last. 
oh, they only preach Jesus at that church. That's why people are coming. I really hope they say that about us. That they only preach Jesus. So it's a numbers game. And it's, it's a comparison. And it's a competition. But let me tell you something, Remix family. There is enough pain, hurt, evil, poverty, injustice, slavery, sex trafficking in the world that we don't need to waste time fighting with other churches. We need to spend our time forgetting the numbers, talking about the people out there and how their lives are going downhill without Jesus. We don't need to get caught up in the numbers game. We need to be caught up in the vision of Jesus Christ. Turn with me to 1 Chronicles 21 because we have an interesting story there about David. David, the greatest king, uh, considered one of the greatest kings in the history of Israel. And in, verse, in chapter 21, we have an interesting story. And I'll start reading to you in verse 1. It says, now Satan stood up against Israel and moved David to number Israel. So David said to Joab and to the leaders of the people, go, number Israel from Beersheba to Dan and bring the number of them to me that I may know it. Now, the original Hebrew here um, suggests that the word Satan here could be translated adversary. That it's not necessarily speaking of Satan himself, but that there was an enemy. And it seems that David could have been worried about an impending enemy that was coming up on the horizon. And he was afraid. And instead of going to God to understand what the plan was and how he could defeat the enemy, he decided instead to count his soldiers and his chariots and his horses and his armament to know if he had enough to win the battle. Somehow David had lost his vision of God and of God's protection. Now his general Joab was not in agreement with the decision and voiced his opinion. And it's in verse 3. May the Lord make his people a hundred times more than they are. But my Lord, the king, are they not all my Lord's servants? Why then does my Lord require this thing? Why should he be a cause of guilt in Israel? Joab could not understand David's anxiety. David commanded the greatest army at that time. Not only that, not, were, not, not only were they the biggest and the strongest, they were led and protected by God himself. And he lost his vision of God. And he got caught up in the numbers. He had forgotten that God can take a small army of 300 and he can defeat an army of 135,000 like he had done in the past. David lost his vision. Last Saturday was our first gathering of the Remix Community Church. And we are now meeting every Saturday. When we were meeting twice a month, we were averaging about 100, a little north of 100 people coming to our services every week. Some of you are not going to believe me when I tell you this. That last Saturday, at our initial Sabbath, our launch for 2019, we had 283 people sitting in this theater. Yeah, that's all right. It's okay to clap. Which doesn't make sense because we're told that the theater only holds 275. Some of you were sitting on these tables. Shame on you. Don't ever do that again. They're not designed for your backsides, okay? And it's not as comfortable. 
283. Now, we could get excited about that number. And we can get excited and say, wow, look at us. But if we bring all kinds of people here, but we don't care for them, and we don't love them, and we don't pay attention to them and to their issues, and support them and embrace them, pretty soon that 283 is going to become zero. And I'm going to be preaching to an empty theater. We cannot be caught in the numbers game because when we think about numbers, we forget about the people. I challenge you to join us in being resolute that we will not allow numbers to pull us away from our vision of Jesus Christ. That is our remix resolution. Now, the second trap that churches get caught up in is the money trap. The money trap. And money is, is an interesting thing because we, we, it's kind of like a love-hate relationship because the Bible makes it seem like money is evil. But we know we need money. We have to have money. We can't pay for the things we need. And Remix has survived on the generosity of many of you. And I know that there are people who are sacrificially giving so that Remix can make a difference here in Clinton. But we got to be careful. Because if we focus on money, we could lose our vision. This is what Jesus told us about money, Matthew 6, 24. It says, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, the Bible was written in three languages, okay? It was written in Hebrew, in Greek, and Aramaic. And the word mammon is the Aramaic word for wealth. We cannot claim to be a church that has its vision as Jesus if all we care about is accumulating our church wealth. What is the point of having thousands and thousands of dollars in the bank if we are not helping the people who come to this place with that money? What is the point of us being able to pay for this theater, pay for this equipment, pay for these lights, if there are people in Clinton who don't have clothes, who don't have food, who don't have hope? I want you to join me, to join us as a Remix family, to never allow money to pull us away from Jesus. We will not allow money to affect our decisions. Money will be used. It will be a tool to help bring the vision of Jesus Christ to those who come into this theater and to the community of Clinton and to the world. That is our Remix resolution. The third and final trap that I want to share with you is the purity trap that we can be caught up in. This is where a church tries to make itself and its membership and its attendees perfect and pure. Now, there's nothing wrong with the pursuit of purity. But when we prioritize purity over people, that is where we become problematic. Because what we're saying when we, when we say that we must be pure is we're telling people out there that they must reach a certain standard before they can be part of the family of God. And that is not biblical. Jesus wants you to come to him as you are with your dirt, with your filth, 
with your problems, with your issues. He's not asking you to change anything. He's just asking you, come to me. Be a part of me. Walk with me. And I will take over your life. If anyone uh, could have gotten this purity thing right, it would have been Paul. Who he himself claimed to be the greatest church leader that had ever lived. If anybody could have been pure, it would have been Paul. Look what he wrote about himself in Romans chapter 7 verse 19. This is what he says. For the good that I will, do, that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will to do, that I practice. Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members, I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I understand Paul completely. I get what he's saying here. Now, Paul, for some reason, didn't, didn't disclose to us what his issue was. He didn't tell us what his problem was. Maybe he was too embarrassed. He was too shy about it. I'm going to come clean to you today because I understand and I have an issue. My battle is with food. You shouldn't amen that. I'm losing. My battle is with food. Listen, I want to be healthy. I want to introduce more fruits and vegetables into my diet. Right? I want to do that. I, I want to I eat less sugar. I want to eat less carbs. I want to do those things. I want my diet to be completely green. I understand. I don't want to be vegan because that's from the devil. I'm sorry. <laughs> but but I, I, want, I want to be healthy. I want to do it. But when that slice of pizza is put before me, I do what I do not want to do. When I drive through to Duncan to get my, my midday spiritual boost, and I see the pictures of those donuts, or, or God forbid, I actually go into the store, and I see and I smell those donuts, I do what I do not want to do. That is my battle. But thank the Lord for Paul. Because Paul just told me that when I eat that fourth slice of pizza, or when I scarf down that second coffee roll, it is not me. It is sin doing it within me. I can't. Praise Jesus. I'm not guilty. Amen. The problem with a church that seeks purity is that ultimately we will fail. And if you fail at purity, there's only one option left, to be fake. 
to come in here every Sabbath with your big smile and fake like you got your whole life together. That's your only option. And then we've become the hypocritical church once again. But our vision is not purity because we are not called to be pure. Listen to this. We are not called to be pure. We are called to be disciples. We are called to unite our lives with Jesus and to surrender our lives to Jesus and to allow him to transform us and make us what he wants us to be. That is the path to purity. That is the path to perfection. But our vision is not purity. Our vision is Jesus. If we claim that our vision is Jesus, then we must be a church that seeks to embrace the worst of us, the most broken, the most dirty, the most troubled, and point them to Jesus where their salvation lies. So we resolve, as a Remix family, to never allow the pursuit of purity to take our eyes away from Jesus. That is our Remix resolution. What kind of church do we want to be? Do we want to be a church that's known for the huge amounts of people that come to all of our services and our ministries? Do we want to be a church that's known for the thousands and thousands of dollars that they have in their bank account? Do we want to be a church that's known because the people that go to Remix, its members are, are extremely pure and perfect. Or do you want to be part, or do you want to be known as a church whose vision is Jesus Christ? We need to be known as a church that loves people, no matter what their history or circumstances may be. We need to be known as a church that is so powerful that they are making a difference in Clinton. We need to be known as a church that is helping people transform their lives. We need to be known as a church that stands firm in the face of injustice. We need to be known as a church where Jesus is king. If you want to be part of that kind of a church, then you want to be part of Remix. And I want to invite you today to be part of Remix the Remix Community Church, and to embrace our Remix resolution that Jesus Christ is our vision and that nothing else will be. To make Jesus the reason we do what we do. And if you want to be part of that vision, go on this journey with us. I want to ask you to stand. To stand and join the praise team in singing this song as a declaration that in 2019, we will make Jesus and nothing else our vision. God bless you.